for the first time in 387 days. We have reunited for the best low-budget podcast that you could ever imagine. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the return of Talking Schmidt. Dun, dun, dun. I'm Ethan Schmidt, the creator of the whole Schmitty brand here that we've done. Uh, I've, I've in turn decided to call it Schmitty Productions. I think that's the way to do it. With so many other things that I do, um, the three other, or I guess there's three total podcasts. Um, I had realized for a while, George and I had a lot of conversations about when the possibility would be that we would bring back Talking Schmidt. And for a while there, it was like, ah, you know, we got to figure out a new way to do it. it. It can't just be sports talk because as I've always said, and as George knows as well as I do, when we only do one sports talk podcast a week, the issue runs into your information then gets outdated. And that's what we're trying to look at. How can we be something more than just a talk show or a sports podcast that eventually goes away within literally like a day of listening? You know what I'm saying? Like you, 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 yeah, you can listen to this later on kind of deal if you want to. But, you know, if you're trying to be a current sports talk podcast, you almost have to produce one every single day, which is virtually impossible with busy schedules and whatnot. So George and I, and George, say hello to the people. Hello, people. How's everybody doing? I hope well. George and I have decided that we are going to do something a little bit different with Talking Schmidt. So we're going to open it up more to people we know. We're going to put out questions on social media once a week. If you guys have questions, thoughts, reach out to us. I'm going to go over that here in a second. I just want to kind of also give a breakdown of what we're doing with the new season um, before we get into it and explain a little bit about the Talking Schmidt brand and what it's going to change into. Um, first and foremost... Um, I want to say hello to all the Schmidt heads that have been out there for a while. I know you've been missing me. Um, it's great. Uh, we've decided to name all of our followers for George, the hollow warriors. That's right. That's so, right. Schmidt heads and hollow warriors. We're back, baby. Three, one down in the finals. We're winning in seven is what we're telling you right now at this moment. That's what we're saying. Um, not LeBron fans, but regardless of that, um, the whole premise of this show, we're still going to talk a little bit of sports. There's a lot going on um, in the world of sports. Uh, we know the draft is coming up tomorrow. Obviously, I know a lot of you have been wondering how I'm feeling with recent news that have happened in the world of sports. We'll go over that as well um, in this broadcast uh, and in this podcast. But also, we're going to open it up and I'll explain a little bit more, probably reiterate this a little bit later on. We're wanting to have uh, conversations maybe with people from different walks of life than George and I as well. We want to hear about other people. We want to ask questions. We want to speak to people maybe that are um, doing different jobs, you know, living life elsewhere. What We want to talk to people that are interesting as well. Um, we don't just want it to be super sports centric. So we'll talk a little bit of sports every podcast or so. Um, we may do some fun drafts and things of that nature, but... We'll also give a little bit more insight into, I think, our lives and, and talk to people, I think, that have stories that we can talk to. Now, we want to put this disclaimer out there because, obviously, this channel used to have um, used to have the uh, Coaches Podcast on it with me. Um, we have moved that to its own separate podcast location, um, so it is now its own brand for, uh, for Coach Shelby's show uh, with myself and Coach Shelby. 
that'll be coming back hopefully soon because we start spring ball uh, this week. So I'm hoping to do something for a spring ball edition with him so we can kind of get the buzz back over and, and and build that brand back up when it comes to that. But we wanted to bring back Talking Schmidt. We wanted to just do something that was more Talking Schmidt. And in the world of Talking Schmidt and the whole realm of it, it doesn't just say, hey, Talking Schmidt's only about sports. It can be about anything. And that's what George and I are going to try to do week in and week out. If something's going on that we want to talk about and discuss, we might bring up prompts for each other as we go along. On top of that, we might also have uh, things that we want to discuss, people we want to bring in and talk to. They may be sports people. They may not be sports people. They may be random ho- well, not ran- random hobos, but they could be random hobos. We don't know. We'll figure that out. I guess technically if they have a Zoom connection, Bo, unless we do some live on locations here. Um But for the most part, what we're trying to do is we are trying to have something that's a little bit more than this. So we may talk about topics maybe that are a little bit different than just sports. Um, We may talk about, you know, content that's a little bit different, uh, different worlds uh, of, you know, possibilities for people. So that's what we're trying to do with Talking Schmidt now. So we can also help out people who maybe need to ask questions. Maybe you have some questions in your life. Maybe you're questioning some things and you're just like, man, I don't know who to turn to. Let me ask two random guys. We'll answer it. That sum it up pretty well. That summed up pretty good. I mean, we're just two random dudes, just guys being dudes. And I mean, if anyone's got questions, hit us, hit us up with them. We'll do our best, man. Yeah, we'll do our best. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. For now, what I want to start off talking with is obviously um, we all know the news. Uh, there's been a major trade that's happened in the NFL. Uh, it, it affects me personally as a Packers fan. Um, and uh, it, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, kind of looking at it and where it was and, and everything that's transpired over the last few seasons at this point, you know, you kind of look at it and you, you say would, you know, you probably would have rather kept Devonte Adams than Aaron Rodgers at this point, um, mm-hmm. knowing what's happened since then. However, that's not how that works out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet. Not the first time in my life that my franchise quarterback has left Green Bay to go to New York. It's just done a little bit differently. This time we at least got picks for it. Uh, The last time it happened, the dude said he was retired and then came out of retirement, then retired and came out of retirement. So, you know, there's different ways to handle it. And I think, you know, the best of the best for Rodgers, he handled it to get traded and Green Bay at least got stuff from it. The potential to have two first-round draft picks next year as well is pretty pretty big. I don't see Rodgers not starting at least 65% of the snaps for the Jets this year. It just doesn't seem like a Rodgers thing. I mean, the guy, you know, other than when he's like broke his collarbone. I mean, remember when he injured his knee and literally came back mm-hmm. loopy on drugs? I mean, the guy's going to play snaps. So um, not too worried about that. I think Green Bay is going to have a couple first-round picks next year. Um, but again, you know, Rodgers being in there. As a non-Packers fan, I'm going to throw this to you, George. How do you think this shapes up the rest of the league? I think it has a pretty big impact on divisions such as like that are that are involved here. So like the AFC East, it's going to be the Jets with their new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, along with weapons of Garrett Wilson, potentially Corey Davis if he comes back. It's still kind of up in the air. Brees Hall coming back from injury. Jets, Jets are looking good, especially with that defense they already have and the trench ward they basically put their opponents in week in and week out. And then also you have Buffalo Bills in that division. Bills are a perennial Super Bowl contender basically the past five, four or five years ever since Josh Allen came in the league. Then you have the Dolphins who, if if two of Tonga Viola can stay upright and stay healthy and stay in games and, you know, doesn't get a 25th concussion or however many he has, 
the Dolphins are going to be fine because they have as many weapons as the team can want on offense with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And their defense is good enough to keep them in the ballgame. So the Dolphins are going to be scary. And you can always never count out old man Belichick. You, you just can't bet against it. So the AFC East is completely up in the air at this point, in my opinion. And it also shakes up the NFC North, the division that Rodgers came from. That division is completely wide open, in my opinion. So you got the Packers dealing with a new quarterback in Jordan Love, who showed who shown flashes, but and you kind of know what you're getting. But also, it provides a new factor. We kind of talked about this earlier off air. It provides a new dimension to the Packers' passing game, or excuse me, their passing offense, as Jordan Love is mobile. He's he's a lot more mobile than Rodgers. He can move. Rodgers was great at extending plays but he'd still always kind of throw the ball. Jordan Love can kind of extend those plays and take off running if he needs to and break away from defenders. So that kind of brings a new element to Green Bay. And also in that division, you've got the Chicago Bears who actually spent money this offseason. The Bears weren't cheap, and they went out and they spent, what was it, almost $100 million this offseason, this season? And yeah, I think so, yeah. Getting a lot yeah. of new talent. They got a lot. They got DJ Moore from the, Pan- from the Panthers for that number one pick. And that's, that's their new wide receiver one to pair with Darnell Mooney. Yeah, Cole Komet at the tight end position. They spent money on Nate Davis, got arguably the best tackle in the league in Orlando Brown. Like, the, the Bears are ready to win now, and they're ready to build around Justin Fields, and they proved it this offseason. Then you look at the Vikings, and as long as Justin Jefferson has a pulse and he's breathing, they have a chance to score a lot of points. So their defense is basically non-existent, but in some cases it doesn't have to be if they score 35, 40 points. And then you got the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are a playoff team. That that team is good from top to bottom. They have, Jared Goff is playing some of his best football he's played in years. And that offense has truly opened him up. They have Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the emerging young stars within this league. And you also have DeAndre Swift coming back fully healthy in a more expanded role now that Jamal Williams has gone down to New Orleans. So there's a lot to be excited about this year in the NFL, a lot of shakeups. Basically, the entire league is on notice, like – it's all up in the air at this point. I'm really excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think we've talked about that today. You and I uh, having a chance to talk before this when we decided just literally today, I texted you and said, hey, let's do a Talking Schmidt. So uh, we didn't even know we were going to do it until, you know, probably about uh, 2.30 today. And then here it is. So uh, we know the draft is obviously this show is going to drop on a Thursday morning. Uh, we're trying to get this show out every Thursday morning for you. We figured during football season, that's probably the best bet. Um, we're not going to focus on anything else really today, sports-wise, other than the draft. Um, a few draft questions, some things, some maybe some speculations of where I think players are going to go. Same with George. Uh, very quarterback-heavy is where we're going to focus, I think, more so than anything. And we'll talk a little bit about who else may go where um, uh, in this show as well as what we're going to try to to focus on. Um, but again, for, for George and I, I mean, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I think we're seeing the NFC North has, a, a major, you know, the Vikings won this past year, you know, but who's the new, who's the new team? Is, is it going to be the Vikings? Can the lions, you know, I mean, the lions were right on the, you know, the cusp of de- being in the playoffs. I mean, it's better football than we've ever seen. The lions just don't have to lion. <laughs> they, they the will literally don't have to lion. They, they will do. somehow, though, um, yes. and and that's the unfortunate thing with Detroit is you know you you see all this great stuff and then somehow they'll they'll figure out a way to be Detroit, um, and that's an unfortunate thing. And I know that fan base, you know, as much as they are probably mad that I say that, they are also like, well, I mean, you know, where's the lie? Um, yeah. So that's that's a big thing for Detroit. But I do like the defense in Detroit. I think they got it, and I think you're right with Jared Goff. 
Uh, he's got some really good weapons around him as well. Uh, some young guys who have really proven themselves. So, um, yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I think the NFC North is really up for grabs. You know, I, I, I told you this. I worry about the health and safety of Justin Fields. Um, I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, Fields is, you know, at this point, probably the best quarterback in that division. Uh, but again, I, I don't, I mean, I don't, not that I don't think that he is a good quarterback. I think he has shown flashes of it. Um, but his game is something that, you know, is really, you know, in college, you're, you're, you're not playing against the best of the best. You play against some of the, the best, of the best, I guess, you know, and, and honestly in the big 10, you know, he was probably Michigan, maybe sometimes a good Wisconsin team sneaks out. Mm -hmm. You got some good Iowa defenses, things like that. But for the most part, you know, you're not taking on SEC guys every week. When you get to the NFL, you're taking on the best of the best every single day. You know, you're taking on guys who are, you know, the best defensive players, not only on their team, but in their conference. You know, some of those guys, the best in the country, you know, who you're mm -hmm. taking on. So Justin Fields, I always worry about his health and his, you know, his body. How much can he handle running downfield and getting popped? You know, how, how right. much can he handle that? Um, so for me, at least looking at, where the NFC North is. I do think Justin Fields, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you, I, I think you're right with Jared Goff. I think right now, I mean, I think he might be somebody that nobody's looking at as saying like, Oh, this is the best guy, best quarterback in the conference or in the division. But I think he is, I think last year he really showed how much he had kind of grown, I guess, or how, how much he's gotten better um, since that trade happened with the Rams. So yeah, I, I, I think that the NFC North is very up for grabs. And I think the AFC East is just now um, it's just which heavy heavyweight fighter is going to be left standing. And I think those teams are going to beat up on each other a lot this season. So um, I told you, I'd be really upset if two things happened. I not really upset if Rogers wins a Super Bowl. I'm not going to be too upset. I, you know, I, I always have, I've always had a soft spot for the jets. Um, the jets organization, uh, when I was growing up, we actually went to a camp every year as the Herm Edwards football camp. Um, Herm Edwards was from a, an area out in California, seaside, California, and he would do a free camp every year for all of us when we, you know, when we lived out there. So really all you had to do is send in your paper or like send in a postcard that you were coming to camp. They had shorts and a shirt ready for you. And, you know, and, um, I got a lot of jet and chiefs gear during my time there because, um, I would always somehow make it onto one of Herm's teams. So whatever year that was, I would, I would make it onto a jets team or I'd make it onto a chiefs team that, you know, we it, were technically him. So he would outfit us, you know, uh, he would be like, well, if you're going to play for my team, you're going to have the best of the best. So we'd get like jet shirts and shorts. And I have, you know, like, um, uh, I have like long gear and I have stuff for the chiefs that were like that. They're all from camp from him. So um, I've always had a little bit of a, a soft spot. I got a chance to work with Chad Pennington when I was a kid. Um, he worked with a lot of the, you know, young and upcoming quarterbacks, things like that. So I worked with a lot of the, like, got a chance to work with him and like throw with him and things like that when I was there. Cause he would come out to the camp, you know, that's where we met Kevin Mawai for the first time. And, and some of those guys that played for the jets back in the day, you know, Kevin Mawai, a great former Titan, also the new head football coach at Lipscomb, baby. Um, that's right. So, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, that, that was always something where I always have, have had this soft spot for the jets anyway. So, I mean, if he wins with the jets, it's not going to be a big deal with, if Favre would have won, won with the jets, it wouldn't have been a big deal to me. 
Uh, what's going to be a big deal to me is if the Jets and the San Francisco 49ers face off with each other at some point and Rodgers freaking wins the game because I have seen him lose so many times to the damn 49ers and then had my brother gloat for so many times that Rodgers would lose to the damn 49ers, especially in the playoffs, um, most particularly in the freaking playoffs. It didn't matter if it was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back there or the, you know, the the guy from down the street in San Francisco that slings the fish. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, he like Rogers was going to lose to him in the playoffs. So that's been a big thing. So I guess if they win the Super Bowl, but it's against the 49ers, I'm probably going to be absolutely irate. Um, but yeah, I do think that the East gets really, really, uh, really uh, more wild it gets tougher. Um, we, you know, you kind of wonder, is it going to be an AFC West flop though? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, do you have that where you think, Oh man, maybe possibly that we, you know, this is the best division in football. And then you have the Broncos blunder. You have the Raiders still trying to figure their stuff out. They get rid of their franchise quarterback. Um, they now bring in Jimmy G. Um, you know, they, you have that, do you have that AFC West flop? Who knows? It'd be interesting to see that because last year you're exactly right. Going into the season, so many people were saying like the AFC West, there could be four teams, all four teams make the playoffs. And like it's it was just gonna be the juggernaut division and it ended up really not being so. And Chiefs, of course, ended up running kind of away with it and they ended up winning Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, Ren, are we gonna see the same thing in the AFC East? I mean, Russell Wilson, uh, excuse I just called him Russell Wilson, good lord. Aaron Rodgers is coming off the worst season. Ooh. arguably of his career could he pull russell like, wilson yeah like yeah the does he is he washed like like that's that's the question you you don't know and granted he's going it's a change of scenery it's new it's new weapons around him and so i'm interested to see how he responds to that but the jets gave up a lot for a quarterback that's going to be 40 midway through the season yeah they gave up a whole lot so in december we'll he turns 40 mm-hmm so I, I'm I'm looking more so for the battle between Rodgers and the New York media. That's what I'm going to live <laughs> for. At this point, I just want to see how much he can spin their heads in a circle um, and how many times he can just tell them, I don't know if I really want to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with Rodgers with the media. I think that's going to be the big thing. Let's move on and talk a little bit now about the NFL draft. Uh, again, this is dropping on Thursday, so it's going to air on draft day. We know that technically right now the – Obviously, the Carolina Panthers, they're on the clock. And by all means, the number one overall pick is looking like it's going to be Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama. I mean, no, every mock draft I've seen, everybody's saying this. So um, I think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't see why it wouldn't. I do feel bad for Bryce Young uh, because you and I have talked about this. Bryce Young is going into a situation where he's going to be expected to start day one, and he's not Joe Burrow. He's not Patrick Mahomes. I mean, even Mahomes didn't start day one. Mahomes sat for a year behind Alex Smith. Do I think now from what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes, would he have been good enough to play day one in Kansas City? Absolutely. I I think obviously he's a generational talent, um, you know, that will arguably go down. I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer already. And he's only what six seasons in. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's a generational talent. We already know that he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. He's already won MVP awards. He's already won Super Bowls. I mean, he's he's on a Tom Brady trajectory on steroids at this point. Is kind of mm-hmm. what we're looking at, you know. So Mahomes could go down not only as uh, Mahomes could go down as not only a future Hall of Famer, but he could be the argument in 
10 years that is is he the greatest player of all time and depending on how his next 10 years go there in Kansas City there's a possibility we could talk about Patrick Mahomes being you know I, I think a lot of it hinges on how how long Andy Reid's there and, and some other factors but for the most part for me I feel for Bryce Young circling back to where this started I feel for Bryce Young because I don't know if Bryce Young can come in day one and be the guy Carolina needs him to be that's fair I, I, th- I think he can come in and he can manage a game, in my opinion, because we saw him doing it at Alabama. This year was this, – it's it's weird for me to say this about Alabama. This was one of the most lackluster wide receiving wide receiver groups, tight end groups, et cetera, that he's ever had at Alabama. And he still put up basically mirror-like stats the year before. So I, he can make things work. His, impro- his improvisational skills are unreal. He can extend plays, and he is a playmaker. Now, granted, whenever you go to a place like Carolina, you don't really have a line to protect you. So your improv- so your improvisational skills are going to have to be off the charts. Now, the expectation, like you like you uh, compared to Joe Burrow, Patrick Holmes, et cetera, it is completely unfair to for him to be like thrown right to the wolves and be like, oh, he's going to be the he's he's him. He's the next one. He's the next one up. That's completely unfair with what they have in Carolina at this point. Because I mean, his wide receiver one is going to be Adam Thielen, who's getting older than dirt yeah. and slow as Christmas. And so I'm interested yeah. to see how he, because if he is, this is of course leaning on the fact, if he is the number one pick, which I mean, I believe we all think that he, it's consistent consensus that he's going to be. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of expectation on his head, and a lot of it is coming from an unfair place, but that's kind of what, what comes with the title of being a number one pick. I mean, you look at his receiving core. He's going to have Adam Thielen, as you mentioned. He's going to have DJ Chark. <laughs> he's going to have uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. Woof. He, he's going to have uh, Chenault Jr. So you pretty <laughs> much have you have two former Jaguars that you're throwing to. Uh, he's going to have Damari Bird and Shai Smith. Who? Exactly. <laughs> um, in the backfield, he's going to have Miles Sanders as his running back. That's so, good. That's good. You can throw That's to good. him well out of the backfield. And then your backup running back is going to be Chuba Hubbard, who I thought That's had good. some great moments, mm-hmm. obviously, when Christian McCaffrey was injured. He's also going to have Hayden Hurst as his tight end, so a fairly yeah. reliable uh, tight end. Um, on top of that, he does have a decent veteran in the quarterback room with Andy Dalton in there. The Ginger um, Ninja. So he's there in their uh, in that quarterback room with them, uh, Matt Corral, obviously not a, I mean, you know, whatever you want to say with that. I mean, he's going to be in the quarterback room, but I mean, yeah. Um, and then of course, Jacob Eason as well as another name that's in the quarterback room with them. So that's going to be your quarterback room for a guy like, um, uh, Bryce young offensive line is, uh, where it gets a little bit weird. I mean, you do have Bradley Bozeman as your center, um, Brady Christensen, another uh, kind of up-and-coming guard or at least has played some seasons in the NFL. So, I mean, he has a little bit of that, but then kind of nothing really else there. Um, that's going to be a big thing. Again, uh, and then, you know, you do have a somewhat younger, uh, kind of a mix between younger and older guys on the defense as well. So, I mean, obviously we know that helps out a little bit um, for you, but you just you don't have i mean if adam thielen stays healthy for you know 17 games then yeah you have a great you know kind of guy to throw to but i mean if he doesn't 
you know, who are you really throwing to? I mean, you're throwing to Chenault Jr. and, you know, Terrence Marshall Jr., who, you know, at times Marshall Jr. can have some moments, but I mean, he's not like, I mean, it's not like you're throwing out there to Randy Moss, you know. I mean, granted, I mean, that's another once in a lifetime player, but you're not even throwing out to like, you know, I mean, I don't even want to degrade somebody at this point of, uh, you know, somebody that's a really good receiver that maybe was up and coming, but like, you know, it's not like you're going to emerge a Reggie Wayne out here that, you know, you're going to be a part of why they're, you know, even considered, uh, you know, on a Hall of Fame ballot. So, I mean, I, I think for Bryce Young, you know, you and I talked about this earlier. I, I think the big thing is, is he's going to get drafted to a team where he's expected to start day one. And they're probably going to try to pull out Andy Dalton to start with. And then the Panthers fans are going to be like, Andy Dalton sucks because we're two and two and 10 throwing the kid. And then he's going to get popped. And that's, you know, unfortunately what happens to a lot of these quarterbacks. And again, Bryce Young, I mean, not saying that we, you know, he's, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we don't know what's going to happen for Bryce Young when he steps into the NFL. But, um, you know, I, I don't have a huge, um, you know, I mean, Alabama quarterbacks, I mean, you know, Tua has been decent, um, still up in the air on that. And like you mentioned, the, one of the big reasons why we're still kind of hesitant on what Tua can do is he got injured so much, the concussions. I mean, I know that's not technically something he can control. I mean, when you get popped in the head, you get popped in the head, you know. Um, mm -hmm. That just happens. I mean, I've, I've been there, done that before. I, I know how that feels. It's not fun. Um, you know, so you have that. You have Jalen Hurts, who – you know, is technically an Alabama guy that's also an Oklahoma guy. And, you know, whoever wants to claim him can claim him. I mean, he emerged from, you know, from nothing at Alabama. He was an amazing quarterback at Oklahoma for Lincoln Riley, you know. But obviously, I think that time at Oklahoma probably prepared him more to be a quarterback in the NFL uh, working with Lincoln. So um, is Bryce Young a guy like Jalen Hurts? I don't think so. You know, I don't. I don't think... I don't think within two years he's going to have, you know, two, three years. I don't see him having Carolina winning that division um, or making it to a Super Bowl. I mean, we just saw the the bag that uh, Jalen Hurts got, and there's a reason why. I mean, he took him there. The guy's a gym rat. The guy works out. He puts his, you know, he puts his body on the line, but he's smart. You know, he's not also trying to, you know, he's not trying to run people over. He's trying to get to you know, get that first down, get out of bounds kind of deal. And we've seen that with Jalen Hurts. So I, I feel for Bryce Young because I don't know if, if it's one of those things where, um, and, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I think it's one of those things where Carolina is in such a necessity for a quarterback that whoever the best one is, and it may not be the best quarterback bunch we've seen in a long time, despite them saying five quarterbacks are getting taken in the first round. Um, I think by necessity, you go with a guy who's played on the biggest stage. I agree, because like the Panthers, they're starving for a quarterback, like you said, because they haven't had any continuity at that position since Cam Newton. And Cam Newton was Superman for a time period in Carolina, and he was the big man on campus per se. So they're really looking for that replacement that they've been yearning for for years to come now. And to what you said about the quarterback being – or excuse me, the draft class being so quarterback-heavy – you got to look back to last year. That class sucked. <laughs> like, yeah. Kenny, Pick Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback off the board in the first round. Yeah. And granted, he, he's now the starter in Pittsburgh. But like he, he didn't jump off the page. Uh, didn't didn't jump no. off at you at all. Little hands, right? Then, yeah, he had baby hands, little tiny little fingers. And we say that, and, and like so, neither one of us are like massive. Yeah, my hands are really yeah. tiny. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, 
and so then after him, the next quarterback off the board, I believe, was Desmond Ritter right before Malik Willis, right? I, yeah, I believe so. Desmond Ritter to the yeah, Falcons, like, like, yeah. Like 12 picks before Malik, and Malik was a third rounder Yeah, the Titans. So, like, that quarterback class sucked. Like, that that was not a good class. Correct. And But we saw, like, even, like, even this is the season of lies, the, the NFL draft season is. When we saw, like, all the mock boards saying, oh, like, Malik Willis is going to be the first quarterback off the board. He's going 15th overall to whoever. And mm-hmm. then right after him, it's going to be Kenny Pickett. And then, oh, at the end of the first round, it's going to be Desmond Ritter, all that bullshit. And none of that ever came to fruition. Yeah. that Those, those quarterbacks dropped like crazy. So I'm kind of interested to see if, like, this draft is another one of those kind of overhyped classes yeah. where Bryce Young is going to go number one, and then it's going to start to kind of trickle a little bit. And granted, I still think the four or five that are being talked about are probably going to go in the first round. But I just don't necessarily know if it's to the teams that people are expecting. Yeah, because there's a lot of people saying that C.J. Stroud should go number two to Houston. But then there's a lot of mock drafts also saying that that's where we'll see Will Anderson Jr. go to the Texans. And you can get somebody a little bit later in that draft. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at that and thinking, you know, if you don't take Will Anderson Jr. with that second pick, okay, if he falls, he's going to go to Arizona. We know that Arizona has Kyler Murray. They don't need a quarterback. So, you know, if you don't take Will Anderson Jr. And which we know the Texans pick again at number 12. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you don't take Will Anderson Jr. With your second pick and you take CJ Stroud, you know, at 12, you're either going to have to, you know, if you're looking for defense replacement, because JJ Watt just, you know, retired, um, right during what week 17, he said, Oh, by the way, I'm done. Uh, last home game. And we were like, Whoa, what happened here? JJ. Um, the Cardinals defense is already fairly ferocious as a defense. Some great talent out there. So Cardinals fans are like, yeah, take CJ Stroud. We want Will Anderson Jr. We'd love that. So to me, it's like, do you go for, at this point, if you were the Texans, do you go for the best available player and then hope that you get a different quarterback later? Or do you say, hey, we are going to build a franchise around CJ Stroud? I... My biggest thing, it's it's the Alabama-Ohio State quarterback situation, okay? It's one of those things, and I hate to be the guy that's sitting there always saying this, and, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I think that there's a lot of guys who came out of Ohio State who played quarterback who could have benefited from a year behind somebody else. C.J. Stroud would get thrown right into the den against the Jaguars, against the Titans. like He's going to go up against some teams that are going to get after him. Even the Colts' defense is going to get after him. Do you want to put everything you have on C.J. Stroud right there? I I don't know. I don't know if that's the answer. I I think if you're like, hey, this is the guy, or hear me out. There's a guy at USC named Caleb Williams who's pretty good. He's pretty talented. He may write on his fingernails and people might not like it, but he's a pretty tough dude. All right. They may have lost to Tulane and broke my Christmas day heart or Christmas day after Christmas day heart, whatever it was. But there's a guy at USC who's not only going to have two years of Lincoln Riley, but he's going to have a year of Cliff Kingsbury. Do you try to just go after somebody to play quarterback, maybe get to that top draft spot next year again and wait for Caleb Williams to come up? Or do you go and draft C.J. Stroud 
and then take a chance on if he's going to pan out? That's the real question. Yeah, and and I think that it's the easiest answer in the book. You take the best talent available at two, and that's obviously Will Anderson Jr. He he can just provide so much benefit to that Texans defense that is so lackluster, as they are in every aspect. And now, granted, like you said with Caleb Williams, if Caleb Williams was able to come out the come out right now as a sophomore, mm-hmm. oh, he, he would be the number one pick of the draft. He'd be going to the Panthers, like, absolutely. Th- there is no doubt. That dude has an absolute missile of an arm. He's already won a Heisman Trophy. He can read defenses better than Hart, than basically everyone in the country. And he has the quarterback whisperer, Lincoln Riley, and another quarterback whisperer, Cliff Kingsbury, coming along as assistant. So he's going to get nothing but better. And so next year, like I agree with your point, like take Will Anderson Jr. at two and then ride with Davis Mills this year or whoever the heck is going to play quarterback for them, for the Texans, and just hope to tank. Tank, I say in quotations because you're not (laughs) supposed to say tank. And you tank, and then you draft the best available player that has come out of college in the past three, four years. Right. I mean, if you look at Houston's depth chart right now, okay, so maybe maybe you do, right? Um, Maybe you you try to ride – with Davis Mills, okay, that's your that's your goal. You go Davis Mill, uh, Davis Mills. You have Case Keenum. If you're feeling froggy and you want to get a guy like Will Levis at twelve, he'll probably be there. Or if you want to just say, "Hey, we'll go with Anthony Richardson and see if he can do it," I know that people would be upset with that. I don't think you do that because I think if you get Will Anderson Jr. at two, I think you go with a skills player, uh, maybe a uh, um, oh, uh, go with uh, Robinson from Texas, the running back, uh, Bijan Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, I think you go with him maybe, or you go with the receiver that's there um, because this is a pretty heavy receiver class as well coming into this draft. So you maybe you Very go with a class. receiver right there at 12 because you know at 13, uh, the new pick for the Green Bay Packers um, – just happens to be that they're kind of keeping their eye on uh, my guy from Ohio State that I always say his name wrong, and you're going to have to say it a million times for me. But if he becomes a Packer, I'll be his biggest fan um, because we haven't drafted. Yeah, yeah, we haven't drafted a receiver in the first round since Javon Walker in 2002. If you don't know that stat, I wow. do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you're Houston, do you try to ride with Davis Mills? You have Case Keenum as a backup. I don't think that's a bad backup. You have Damian Pierce as your running back. You just got Devin, or you have Devin Singletary as well in your running back. You picked up Robert Woods. You have John Mechie the third still. Um, you know, you have some guys. You you just picked up Dalton Schultz at tight end. Are you? That's pre- a great pickup, by the way. Exactly. Are you preparing for your future quarterback, or do you look at your defense that your front defensive line? Let me read some names to you here, George. I, I think you'll like this. On the defensive line for the Texans, and I know naturally for you, you're sitting there like, I hope they don't take Will Anderson Jr. But looking at the defensive line, Jonathan Grenard, Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins, and Jerry Hughes. That's your starting Terrible. defensive line um, for the for the defense, at least. I think if you're smart and you are the Houston Texans, you say, with this pick, I'm going to take Will Anderson Jr., and at 12, you take the best available receiver at that time. I think it's the I, smartest thing you can do as the, at, at, for the Texans. That is what you do. Literally, you're building for the future around what your future quarterback can be. Possibly. And like, that, I agree completely. Because like, well, those names you just read off, 
those, those should be bench players. Honestly, no offense to any of those guys. Cause my fat ass ain't going to get in the NFL anytime soon. Same. So I, I appreciate you. what they can do, but still like those, those guys should be bench players, depth pieces, et cetera. That shouldn't be your starting four. Yeah. And they need all the help they can get at that position. And a talent like Will Anderson doesn't come out very often. No. And you can't miss. And if you don't take him, you know the Arizona Cardinals are going to take Will Anderson Jr. at that three spot. You know the it's Cardinals a fact. The Cardinals are praying that the Texans don't take him. Yeah, they are, they are hoping that he, they fumble the bag, if you will. And, um, and if the Texans do take him, the Cardinals, like I think the Cardinals are destined to trade out. If the, I mean, if the Texans take Will Anderson, I think they're trading back and just yeah. picking up more capital. Yeah, because the Cardinals have Zayvon Collins. They have Isaiah Simmons. They have that young defense. They have some of those staples that they've built over the past few drafts. You throw a name like Will Anderson Jr. on the other side of Zayvon Collins, and you got a pretty tough defense. You got some guys out there. You know, you have some dogs maybe on that Arizona defense that are hungry and ready to go. You know, the offense will will figure itself out. You know, I mean, obviously they they would, you know, obviously depending on when Call of Duty drops. I know that's a the joke uh, for the Cardinals, but I mean, you know, the Cardinals will take Will Anderson Jr. You know what I'm saying? Like we know they will. But you're right. I think they I think if if Will Anderson Jr. goes at two, I think the Cardinals say, All right, Colts, how bad do you want your quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How bad do you want CJ Stroud? Titans are in that mix too, I think. Yeah, Titans are I in that mix as well. Two division two division rivals against each other. Yeah. Like who hey, do you who want? Who do you want? Like which one wants it more? And exactly. I honestly hope it's the Colts. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that, you know, that brings up, you know, obviously the Colts are at four. And right now the Colts, their quarterback room is Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, Sam Ellinger. Yeah, Gard- Gardner Minshew's serviceable for a half a season. He comes flying in on a screaming eagle with his mullet and stuff, which, I mean, yeah. that's all cool and stuff. But, like, you got to get your quarterback of the future here if you're the Colts. And apparently they're they're high on a couple quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah. Like Will Levis is a name that keeps coming up with the Colts. So if Stroud, if his stock does continue to fall like they state that it is, Will Levis might be a Colt. Or it could just be all smoke and mirrors like blunts and bathrooms and yeah. uh, C.J. Stroud is your guy. Like – as long as as long as CJ Stroud, I think, doesn't pull out the uh, the old Laramie Tunzel mask, I think he'll be good uh, <laughs> to be at least in a top ten pick. But if you're the Colts right there, I, I think you are looking for the quarterback of the future. You have Jonathan Taylor. How long are you going to have him? I mean, argue you arguably have the two best running backs, and I don't even know if it's arguably. I think it's just a fact. You have the two best running backs in the NFL in the same division um, with Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. We all kind of know that. Um, and, and who's better just kind of depends on who's healthy at what point, you know what I'm saying? Um, you, I I figured you'd say that, um, you have Michael Pittman jr. You just picked up Isaiah McKenzie. Um, so you have some good receivers to go to, um, you, you know, you still have Mo Alley Cox as a tight end, but he's not your like listed starter. Um, so you, you could always try to figure something out. You might be able to get one of those, um, cause this is also not a bad draft class for tight ends there's about three or oh, four it's an, it's an incredibly deep that are big class. good receiving that can also block there so there's a lot of future mm-hmm. travis kelsey's out there so my biggest thing though is you have an aging offensive line at this point they're still very talented younger guys but they've been in the league for a little bit you got your quentin nelson out there and your will fries you got those guys who are good offensive linemen but you got to get your quarterback here if you're going to do it so is it cj stroud is it will levis um 
I pray it's Will Levis. I, I, I think for <laughs> Titans fans, definitely you guys are hoping it's Will Levis. I mean, that Will Levis. and his coffee thing, that's just, that, that dude's I, weird. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen from a human being. I think in my entire I, I, life. That has never once came into my head like, oh, as coffee creamer, let's use mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. No, no that reminds me of like the SpongeBob, like is mayonnaise an instrument like type thing? No. What is but, wrong with Will Levis? Dude, I don't know. Like, I genuinely don't know. And I still don't understand the hype around the guy. I don't either. I don't <laughs> think he was. I think he, like, I think this year he had everything he needed to be the guy. He mm-hmm. had to, and I'm, and he just couldn't play through the hype. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know what all the hype around him is. He made a couple flashy throws at his pro day, but what does that remind you of? Oh, a little guy from BYU who loves older women, Zach Wilson. So, I mean, the, everyone. We all love Zach Wilson, throws. though. Yeah, the milf hunter, man. Yeah. Like, that's just what he does. But, dude, he he made a couple good throws at his combine, or excuse me, his pro day. Yeah, Everyone fell in love with it. We all saw the videos on Twitter. Then all of a sudden, instead of Zach Wilson being like the 25th pick in the draft, all of a sudden it was, oh, he's going to be the second quarterback off the board. But okay, he's number two. He's going to be the number two overall pick. And then sure enough, he was. And now the Jets are riding with A-Rod for the foreseeable season at least. I wouldn't say future, but at least for this season. So Zach Wilson didn't really yeah. pan out. And so I kind of get, I kind of see a similar vibe there from both. So they're saying, and I think the big thing to keep in mind here is they're saying, obviously Bryce Young, we should see number one. CJ Stroud could go two or he could go four. Um, that's kind of what we're seeing there is that that's where we're seeing the quarterbacks go. Uh, do you think Seattle, I mean, they, are they good riding with Geno Smith? I mean, with, I mean, I mean, is that they a sign him to an extension? They signed him to quite a a, a pretty pretty lush extension for Gino. But then know. again, who's their backup? Who, who's who's Seattle's backup for? I'd have to let me give me give me a second here. Keep keep thinking, um, and I'll I'll figure this out real quick. I got I got the the I'm our I'm our fact checker as well as our uh, oh well, I just typed something wrong. Um, I am our fact checker as we go through here. As well as you know, trying to do this. So give me like two seconds. Right. And I'll let you know. Their backup because, quarterback is Drew Locke. Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the trade. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. right. Oh, oh, that's terrible. I forgot about that. Um, but I mean, if you think Geno Smith's going to be your guy, then obviously Seattle's willing to ride with mm-hmm. Geno Smith. I mean, and he he had a good season. Uh, I mean, he did, and it's a great story. Like, and yeah. I'm super, and I'm super happy for Geno Smith, and I hope that he can continue it. And honestly, like at the fifth pick for Seattle, because yeah, they're yeah, they're five. Yeah, there there is a talent in this draft that I feel is almost can't miss, and he's had some character issues off the field. Of course, there's been some things coming out, things like that. But honestly, it's football. Nobody gives a damn about character anyway. Correct. And his name is Jalen Carter. He's a defensive tackle out of Georgia, and he's absolutely fantastic. Yes. So I feel that he is a incredible piece to add to that Seahawks defense, and it brings back kind of that esque of the Legion of Boom in the front seven instead of the secondary. So I think I think Jalen Carter's a can't miss there, and I really think if they do have faith in Geno Smith the way they say they do, that's the route that the Seahawks will take at five. So we realize that Seahawks probably won't get a quarterback. The Lions don't need it. Uh, I think you're you're good rolling with Goff. Uh, the, the Raiders will try the Jimmy Garoppolo experience, um, (laughs) at eight, that's where it gets a little weird for me because Mm -hmm. at eight, you have the Falcons who say Desmond Ritter's their guy. Mm 
Um, he's backed up by Taylor Heineke, which I feel Heineke would probably be a starter at some point for Atlanta (laughs) in this next season. So maybe that's why they realize that. Um, I guess for Atlanta, I mean, I I guess the big thing for me at this point is, do you go probably go defense here? Cause there's still a lot of good defensive players and they're, they're a little aged on defense. I feel like got some older names up front, things mm-hmm. like that. You might go after some, some defensive studs there. Uh, we know that the bears are pretty stuck on having Justin Fields, which is, you know, probably right for them again. Like I said, I mean, I'm not trying to hate on the, on the bears. I mean, you know, yeah. as much as I don't like the bears, I don't hate on them. Uh, obviously the Eagles do not need it. How about the Super Bowl champions getting, or the, the defend or the runners up this year, your NFC, North, your NFC champions picking at 10. Goodness saints gracious. Saints are a bunch of assholes, dude. Who likes <laughs> the Saints? Um, so at 11 though, this is where it gets interesting again, because that's where we find the Tennessee Titans. When you're looking at this, say, say our draft predictions go the way they go. Okay, we say at one, Bryce Young goes. We say Mm -hmm. Will Anderson goes at two. The -hmm. possibility that Arizona at that point would then take who's next available um, so that they would take the uh, the next guy, whoever the overall three kind of guys, the best available player with Bryce Young and um, Will Anderson Jr. off. So they might go with Tyree Wilson. Uh, That could be where Jalen Carter goes. Uh, you might see, you know, some of these other names right there if they don't go after because they obviously don't need it. You might see Paris Johnson Jr. there uh, from Ohio State. So that's what we could see from, you know, the Cardinals if they don't trade out or whatever it is. Then we say, let's say C.J. Stroud goes four. By all means, your best available quarterback, according to everything we've seen from Mel Kuyper, Tom McShay, would be either Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. And that would be the Titans picking. Now, here's where we get, we're going to get into a conversation because you and I agree on this. I would take Hendon Hooker. Valid. Thank you. Yes. I agree there. Like Hendon Hooker, I would take over Levis or Anthony Richardson. I don't give a damn about the ceiling that they say Anthony Richardson quote unquote has. If you have a 52.1% completion rating in college, I don't think that you're very good. I'm sorry. That's just kind of the way that I am. But then again, my completion, like I, like we said earlier, my completion percentage would be like 12.1% on my very best day, but still, I think that Hinton hooker, he came from a system at Virginia tech into the, run and gun, like air it out. Not It's not an air raid offense. People call it that. It's not. It's not. Because the run game is so incorporated in Tennessee's offense, and people just don't get it because it goes so damn fast. Yeah. But but Hinton Hooker, he led a great offense last year, number one, number one offense in the country. And he was in the Heisman conversation all the way up until he got hurt, until he tore his ACL on South Carolina's sandbox, whatever they want to call it. It's a horrible field, and I hate Ooh. it. <laughs> but – um. Anyway, Hendon Hooker, there's a lot of turnoffs because he's old. Or I, I say old in quotations. He's 25 years old. That's not a turnoff in my opinion. That's maturity. He's seen basically anything a quarterback can see at this point before they enter the NFL, seen anything you can throw at him. And also you can argue that he's entering the prime of his athletic career at this moment. He's yeah. a, he doesn't need to take that time to develop into his prime. He's already there. And I don't give a damn about an ACL injury. It can heal. He can be just fine, and I think that he can lead an offense. 
and I'm really curious to see what team will take a chance on him. And I would be perfectly fine if it's the Tennessee Titans at 11. I would be perfectly fine if someone else took a chance on him in the first round as well. Like, I want I want Hinton Hooker. This is my Tennessee orange tinted glasses coming out. I want him to go into a situation where he can succeed and have success and not sit behind someone and just be a backup for his whole career because I think he's too good to do that. I mean, you have you have Hendon Hooker, who's six foot four, two hundred and eighteen pounds, right? I mean, that's that's what you have, and and I think you're right. I think he's at the the you know kind of the peak of it. Um, and then you have Bryce Young, who's five ten in an eighth, two hundred four pounds. <laughs> and I get you know I get the whole allure of Kyler Murray and what he was able to do, and the whole meme of him looking like a toddler running around, blah blah blah, <laughs> but. Watching those two this year, and granted, we had an absolute classic between Alabama and Tennessee this year. But so Hendon Hooker was phenomenal. I mean, there was not; it was the stage was not too big for him. And mm-hmm. if you can go and play Alabama, and and granted, I don't think Alabama, even as good as they've been through the years, could take on and beat the Jaguars in a year. I'm not one of those guys who's standing up and saying I like. Agree. They could beat the you know the worst team in the NFL. No, because the NFL players are bigger. They're on a better workout plan. It, it's completely different. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, most of those guys are fully grown at that point. You know, you can still grow as well at some of these guys' age when they get drafted. Like, there's things that can happen, right? Hendon Hooker, I feel if I'm going to if if you think Bryce Young's the man and you think C.J. Stroud is the next guy, I don't think Anthony Richardson has it. Um, now, I don't. I feel. I feel that it's just one of those things where he. I don't think he was proven in college. Um. I don't, what did he prove in college? Uh, maybe I'm just. You know. Maybe it's just. I mean, you're not the best team in the SEC, and and you really weren't breaking numbers, and you you sure as hell weren't Tim Tebow. I mean, you look at Florida quarterbacks in the past, like you got to be on Tebow. Uh, on the Tebow level, and I, Anthony Richardson just wasn't. You know, he wasn't leading Florida national championship. Just sorry. Um, and, and then Will Levis, I don't really think is that great. I, I no. think that again, I think the stage got too big for him with the hype. And if it's me looking and watching the games I did this year, Hendon Hooker has the ability with the right weapons around him to be a great future quarterback for a couple programs and for a couple different groups. And if Tennessee doesn't take him, I've seen the reports that he could fall and be the 16th overall pick to Washington. Great selection for the commanders. (laughs) And that's a pick if you're Washington. Now, again, there's a few other things you can look at in that situation. If the Titans don't take him and they say they take a Levis or they take Anthony Richardson – you know, if that's the thing, and one of those quarterbacks off the board at twelve again, I don't think if you are, um, I think if you're the Texans, if you don't take C.J. Stroud number two overall, then here at twelve, you still don't go with the quarterback. You just ride Davis Mills out and see if you can't get number one pick, or at least trade for the number one pick, whatever, to get uh, Caleb Williams next year. From there, I mean, I know the whole Mac Jones situation in New England. They're not very sold on him. You're not going to ride with Bailey Zappi. So, I mean, there's a possibility that a guy like Hendon Hooker could end up with Bill Belichick, and that's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. Because that's a really, very scary thought. That system has proven that it works. So, <laughs> so 
So I, I that that would be a great situation for Hendon Hooker, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally learn under one of the greatest coaches of all time, arguably the greatest coach of all time, and hot take. <laughs> not not my hot take, but hot take of some. And it's it's a proven system that works. Like you saw how Tom Brady literally went on his dynasty dynasty run with the New England Patriots and dominated the NFL for 10 to 15 years. That's that's the that's an ideal situation for a player like Hendon Hooker who can just come in, manage a game, he takes care of the football, he's not going to turn it over, he's extremely accurate, and that's all that you need up there, honestly. Just dink and dunk your way down the field. But one of the most underrated aspects of Hendon Hooker's game, he is one of the he is arguably the best deep ball thrower in this entire draft. I agree completely. I do. So I, I think if Hendon Hooker doesn't go at some point, may may say obviously say the Titans don't take him, Texans don't take him, and, and say Washington doesn't. From there, he could go 19th. You could see him go to the Bucks. I know they just got Baker Mayfield in, but you know, if 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 I'm if I'm Hendon Hooker, you know, is that a bad place to go to sit behind Baker Mayfield for a little bit, learn the game? Uh, at 20, you have the Seahawks again. If I'm Hendon Hooker, do maybe I sit behind Geno Smith if you think he's the guy for a little bit longer? Um, you know, there's there's obviously been a, a weird situation with Baltimore this year. They're at 2023 20, technically. Do you jump there and and maybe if you're Hendon Hooker, do you want to go sit there and as they figure out everything with Lamar, uh, he could uh, that could be another name to keep in mind for the Vikings as well. I mean, there's a few other guys and some teams there uh, that you could see, but I I think you know if everything goes the way it is and everything goes as as they're projecting, I do feel that we're going to see five quarterbacks in the first round, and it's crazy to think of five quarterbacks. Um, but there are several franchises that do need that quarterback. Um, to to kind of pivot here for you as a Titans fan, who do you want to see the Titans take? So honestly, there's the Titans draft draft class in the, over the past five years or so has been extremely hit or miss. Like they hit extremely well with Jeffrey Simmons in the first round. That was a risky pick at the time. He was coming off an ACL injury. He had some off-the-field issues, et cetera. But that pick completely panned out for the Titans. As you just saw, Jeffrey Simmons signed a four-year, $94 million extension with the Titans. He's going to be in two-tone blue for a long time. But then you also have options like Caleb Farley, who went in the, the, the first-round pick from 2020, coming off a of back surgery, a knee injury, et cetera, and he just hasn't really figured it out yet. Isaiah Wilson fiasco in the first round, the offensive tackle out of Georgia played a total of four snaps, is literally out of the NFL. He just couldn't – he mentally was not ready yet, and he just couldn't get out of that immaturity state that he was in. And so that didn't work for the Titans. This year is so key for the Titans to at least draft a player that can have an immediate impact. The The Titans, they have some good pieces on the front end of the service on pick, but – they need some people, some pieces to pair with those and some pieces to have in the fold. So I am perfectly fine with multiple options, honestly. If the Titans want to go with a boring pick and they want to take that offensive tackle or, off, or offensive guard or, who, or a tackle that will convert to a guard, whatever, I'm perfectly fine with that. If they want to go with Peter Skronsky and if he's there from Northwestern, the tackle, he's probably the most polished tackle in the, in the entire class and he's going to move to guard. That, that's what's going to happen with him due to his size. 
And then also, if they if they want to take if Paris Johnson is still on the board, I think he's the best overall tackle available. Yes. And so I think I think if he's there, that's a home run pick at eleven. Another sneaky name that has kind of filtered his way down the list in that offensive tackle, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Yeah. He he is his stock has just shot up over the past few weeks leading up to this draft. He's not going to make it past pick 20, in my opinion. So I would be fine with any three of those if they want to get a little flashier and maybe take that skill position. Jackson Smith and Jigba at 11, I would love the pick. I do think it's a little high for him in this draft. But if you want that player that with the crisp route running, the the player that you can team with Traylon Burks and kind of open up that receiving core a little bit more because you just haven't seen in the past – over last year since you traded, you know, your freaking most important player on your offense and A.J. Brown because he opened up everything. Sorry, I'm still mad about it. But uh, oh, we that, that is – yes, yes. But that's someone that you can pair with Traylon Burks and have a really nice one-two combo at that wide receiver position. There's also a sneaky name in the wide receiver room that I've been really keeping an eye on that I really, really like. It's Zay Flowers. Uh, you might not know much about Zay Flowers because he's just really starting to get talked about over the past couple of weeks. But – that that dude has breakaway speed. He he was at Boston College last year. He put up 78 catches for 1077 yards in a run heavy offense. Yeah. He also had 12 touchdowns. 12 touchdowns is huge for Boston College, by the way. That doesn't happen all the time. But but that's another name that's kind of gotten onto the boards there. And I, like like I said, I'm genuinely fine with a boring pick. I'm fine with a splash. Just someone who can make that immediate impact. And you don't have to wait around because in the Titans window, the window's closing rather quickly. So if you want to win now and you believe in Ryan Tannehill and you believe in those around him, you've got to get a player that can make an impact right now. Now, if you don't believe in Ryan Tannehill and you believe that your future quarterback of the future is in this draft and you want to trade up to say a three with the Cardinals or just fight up there, fight over who gets CJ Stroud or Will Levis, please not Will Levis. But, <laughs> but if it's CJ Stroud, I'm okay with that. Like, there's so many options. It's going to be hard for me to be upset with a pick because I'm okay with literally almost anything. The keyword is almost. Will Levis is the outlier. Will Levis, we don't hate you. We don't. I don't hate Will Levis at all. I sir, I'm sure he is a stand-up great guy. Mayonnaise coffee drinking man. Football. <laughs> I just think your 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 taste in beverages and creamers is just not yeah, what we just, want. It's weird. Like, in Tennessee. <laughs> No, please, please keep that. that out of Tennessee. That's yes. a Kentucky. Like, keep that in Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. keep that above us. We don't want that trickling down to Nashville. Right. That'd be that's just weird. Um, I agree with you there. I think I think that's a big thing for the Titans. I think you either get, uh, I think you get the best available offensive line if they're there, uh, and just mm-hmm. continue to tr- try to fix some holes and some gaps that are in the offensive line that obviously we've seen through, uh, you know, through who the Titans have let go uh, in this offseason. I think you definitely can replenish that spot with the, some really good tackles that are in this draft. Because um, yes. I feel the same way because Green Bay picks two picks after you. And there's a couple mm-hmm. names for me as I look at this. You know, um, I, I look at I look at the same concept, you know, for Green Bay. You know, there's some names that stick out to me. Is there a chance possibly to get a guy like Paris Johnson Jr. if he drops that far? Then, yeah, go after him. Broderick Jones from Georgia, also a great name. Uh, I wouldn't be mad, and I know people would probably say, Ethan, you're going crazy here if you think this, but I think with your first-round pick, what's the? why not go after a Nolan Smith if he's there or a Lucas Van Ness from Iowa defensively? I think Van that's Rutgers. something that 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 Green Bay could 
truly add. And I think if Packers fans get mad at that, yeah, if Jackson Smith, uh, if J, if JSN is there, I got it. Oh, that's what I'm just nice. going to call him. If JSN is there, then yeah, I, I think if you want to go with that playmaker receiver, he's there. You know, but there's a lot of different names. Zay Flowers has been brought up for Green Bay as well. Um, that's another name that's being brought up there. I wouldn't be mad if Green Bay took uh, a big stud or an offensive lineman here in the first round and then got Jalen Hyatt in the second round. Because there's a possibility you get a steal with a, a game-breaking receiver in Jalen Hyatt. Uh, that's an opportunity for Green Bay that could have him. Um, this receiver draft is extremely deep too. Like, like you have players like that could that are going to go in that second, third round, like a Jalen Hyatt, a Jonathan Mingo, a Cedric Tillman, players like that that could literally just become a wide receiver one overnight for an NFL team. Yeah, like it, it's Jordan Addison is a possibility. Jordan, yes, literally won a Belichick award out from Pitt and dipped USC, and then you yeah. kind of don't hear about him much anymore. Oh, he was a stud at USC, man. It's just you had you had you have you had Jordan Addison who was training and working with uh, the second coming of Jerry Rice, which is his son. So I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, the receiving core for Caleb Williams was absolutely on fire. You also had Michael Jackson. We got to throw that out mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Another name mm -hmm. in that receiving core for the USC mm -hmm. Trojans, Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I mean, this receiving core is is wild. So I don't know if you know if you're Green Bay. Um, at, at obviously sitting at that 13th spot now because of the trade for Aaron Rodgers, you know, there's a possibility that you get Jordan Love a great weapon. There's also a possibility that you pad a defense that you've been building because the defense has been building in Green Bay. I think people might put a little bit of a, uh, you know, whatever, but you get a good outside rusher to contain on a guy like, you know, Justin Fields. You can go after a guy that could be like the next Khalil Mack. There's a possibility. Some guys in this draft. You know, some of these guys in this draft, uh, uh, you know, uh, a Nolan Smith or a, um, you know, a Lucas Van Ness. There's some guys in here that could be some next big names defensively. And I think for Green Bay, you know, the uh, the other thing is, and I don't know how I feel about this because sometimes Green Bay does some stuff that I really don't know. They're talking about the possibility of getting Dalton Kincaid from Utah, who is yeah. a very, very talented tight end that they're saying could be the next uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, if he's there and you can use him as a tight end, but also a receiver like you do with Kelsey, mm -hmm. you already have Christian Watson. You already have Romeo Dubes. You have those guys out there that could be, I mean, Christian Watson has, a, has a great chance to be the next big thing. He really does. Um, mm -hmm. you obviously are giving Jordan love some young guys. I don't know if green Bay is obviously going to win the division with the young talent out there, but you know, you have your offensive line pretty stacked still. I mean, with Bakhtiari healthy, uh, you have uh, Elton Jenkins, uh, you got Nijman, you got John Runyon Jr. Like, you have a pretty talented core up front still that's healthy and has game experience right now. So, right. for me, at least, watching this as a Packers fan, I don't know who I want. I, I think I keep saying that I want uh, JSN. That's who I want. That's who I want. That's who I want. But I think this year, I think, I think, I think Gunquist and the, the team. I think they're going to go out and I think they're going to make some waves. And I think if Green Bay fans get mad at a stud defensive player in the first round, and normally I'm the guy, right? Like I'm normally the guy that's just like, dad gum, take an offensive player. Holy crap, all my life, all you've done is taken mm -hmm. defensive players. But you got to think, there's been some big names in the first round. A guy by the name of Clay Matthews, 
who was taken in the first round by the Packers, um, a guy by the name of Kenny Clark, uh, Jair Alexander. I mean, there's been some big names that Green Bay has gotten in the past, you know, really 20 years, if you think, in the first round, defensive guys who are all starters for them, um, you know, and and start almost day one. You know, uh, they they got a they they went out and they got Eric Stokes from Georgia not too long ago. I know he got injured late last year, but Eric Stokes I felt was on path uh, two years ago to almost be a, a rookie of the year candidate. I mean, so you mm-hmm. got to think of, of what Green Bay has been able to do. I know they've been kind of digging in the Georgia well, but it's not a bad place to dig if you're going to dig. Digging the Georgia well, that's fine. Get some Georgia defensive studs. They obviously mm-hmm. proved it. I mean, they're pretty good. Um, so yeah. Um, that's kind of how I look at it, man. I, I think, you know, for our teams, I won't be surprised if they get an offensive lineman. I won't be surprised if they go defensive stud. Um, I won't be surprised if they go with the skills player. And I think any, any three of those combinations is good. Don't just like, just don't draft, um, your future hall of, or your future quarterback while you still have a hall of famer on the roster, which they don't, they don't have to worry about that anymore. So mm-hmm. that's over with. Um, for Green Bay, at least. But uh, yeah, so I agree with you. I, I think we got a, a good little path here for the draft. Don't forget that starts tomorrow. I know George and I are going to be glued to the TV. Well, it starts tonight, technically, because, um, well, we're recording this on Wednesday, dropping on Thursday. So it will air. Um, and we hope that you've listened to our episode by the time it airs. Here's a little bit of our draft predictions. Uh, George, before we kind of wrap this up, I, I kind of want to go back over what we're doing and then tell people how they can kind of get a hold of us and and things of that nature. I have been very much so. I love talking sports, and I know this show has been dominated by sports, but the reason why is because we really haven't had any other um, – I guess we haven't really had any other idea per se of what we want to do. And, and I'm getting a text in real quick. Um, just trying to send a text message real quick. We have something else that we're doing, uh, a video that George and I are creating and a whole other thing. And I'll talk about that here in a second as well. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're doing a lot, um, with uh, a lot of other things, a lot of other moving pieces. And again, I wanted to bring back talking Schmidt. Uh, but again, I want to expand it. And the reason why we were so sports heavy this time is because we have a, what I'm trying to do with this show Hold up. I think he's wondering if I'm listening to the video and I'm not where it is. There we go. All right. Um, yeah. So with that being said, um, you know, I, I think the big thing for us is, is we want to expand talking Schmidt into a whole different kind of realm. We want to talk sports for the most part. We'll talk about different things. Um, but we also want to bring in people who maybe have unique perspectives on other things. Um, I'm not going to get political on this. And I, I know George probably doesn't want to stray into that as well. So if it deals with politics, Probably not going to talk about it because it just doesn't doesn't really fly into our um, wheel of things that we want to talk about. So, and, and again, you know, when you uh, when you control the podcast, you can talk about what you want to talk about. So, you're not going to make us talk about things we don't want to talk about. I grew up, uh, you know, I um, I grew up in a. I feel when I was a younger kid and we were going through election time, and the thing I always remember, like, uh, um, you know. My grandpa always saying was just, uh, you know, keep the politics out of it. Um, and yeah, so, you know, just don't talk about it. Just go vote, you know, do your thing. That's, that's your, you know, you, you get to do that. That's part of, uh, um, that's part of it. So, um, yeah. So thinking of all that, um, 
George and I are going to try to expand this a little bit more. We want to have, we want you guys to ask questions. We want you guys to um, send us some messages. We want you guys to reach out to us on social media. If you have something you want to talk about, if it's sports related, we'll try to put something out Wednesday morning of like, Hey, any questions for us? Um, you know, any questions for, you know, George and I, whether it's sports related, whether it's this, whether it's that, you know, we're going to put that out there for you guys to reach out to us, um, you know, and just ask questions. If you don't feel confident or if you don't want to send us messages, obviously out in the open on social media, then we have email as well. And I'll go over all those things for you as well. But we want to talk about different things. Uh, there's different um you know, there's different career paths. There's things that I want to learn about. And I, if you're not learning something new, you know, then what are you really doing? You know, if you're not trying to learn something new every day, and we hope that we can bring stuff maybe that people can do or say. So if you guys have an idea for things that we should talk about, um, you know, invite yourself on. We'll figure it out. Uh, we might we might be able to figure out how to get you on here and talk to you a little bit. Um yeah, so I think that's uh I think that's something that we're trying to do a little bit as well. Um, you know, is we want to expand this a little bit more into talking about other things. So again, I know a lot of people who might already listen to this because um we have a um we have, you know, again, this used to have the coaches show with it, and I've been able to move that off. So I know there's you know, we're gonna have some younger listeners as well. We want your questions as well. If you guys have questions, man, reach out to us. You know, George and I, I'm I'm obviously a lot older than George. Um uh, I'm I'm an old man compared to George, I guess. But you know, we've both had some good life experience. Uh, we've we've gone through ups and downs and valleys and everything. And I think both of us have truly unique stories. If you guys don't know us, um, you know, we might mention different things we're going to do. But we, each week may not be a sports story. Um, each week may be a you know, uh, George, what's your guilty pleasure song? You know what I'm saying? Like what, what song do you throw on with the windows down and don't feel ashamed? We know it's party in the USA, but why, you know what I'm saying? That's what we're, that's what we yeah. want to do. We want to have that's some a, fun here as well. <laughs> it is though. It really is. So, it you know, sometimes that happens, you know, um, you know, uh, we want to do things like that. We might do, we might come into this and just be like, Hey, let's draft, uh, you know, video game characters. Who's your who's your top pick in the video games? Like we'll do things like that. We're gonna switch this up a little bit. Talking Schmidt's gonna evolve. It's gonna change. It's gonna be a little bit different. Um, George is a is the person that I think can really help do that as well. So if we have ideas, we might have show ideas. So you know, just whatever it's gonna be is what we're gonna talk about. But obviously, this first one, um, you know, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, where we really did focus a lot on sports, but. The future ones won't always be like that. We'll try to add in some questions. Um, we'll add in some other things um, like that as well. Um, so that's something that we will um, kind of do throughout this um, in, in this situation is we'll just try our best to, uh, you know, kind of go into this and, um, you know, do our best to add different things and add a different um way of life so we're going to try to do things differently um and do that and that's what it's going to be so um yeah george do you have anything you want to add there basically i'm excited for the new horizons that we're going to explore with this like we instead of becoming or instead of remaining kind of one-dimensional we're really be we're really adding some new things to this podcast and i'm excited to see what people are interested in talking about because everyone has different interests it's not just sports 
there's so much more to life than that, even though it is basically what my life is consumed with for the most part. But I'm anxious to see what people have to say, and I'm excited to get going with it. So, yeah, so if you want to reach out to us uh, and kind of know what else we're doing as well, some of the other things that we've been doing, uh, George and I have been a part of another podcast that we did for about six months. Uh, we did a little bit of prep, and then it took about two months um, to do that. And uh, we actually got a show that started in October, and it ran through December. Um, it was a scripted podcast that we did uh, called Schmitty Stories. We had a lot of fun with that. Um, we're still building on that brand as well. Um, it's all kind of part of this whole situation. Uh, we had shirts made. It's a lot of fun. We did a lot of cool things with it. I uh, also am doing another podcast called What You Haven't Seen, where I watch uh, movies and TV shows with uh, another one of our friends that um, we work with with Schmitty Stories. Um, and we're able to do stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so we've we've kind of expanded this world in this realm a little bit, but I really wanted to bring this show back and just take it in a new direction. So if you have questions or you want to reach out to us on social media, I think um, I think the best thing for us to do uh, is to, I think the best social media to reach us on is obviously either Instagram or Twitter. You guys can follow me on, uh, and really for this show, I guess, we'll just do it through Schmitty Stories because it's kind of an easier one to go. Um, so at Schmitty Stories on Twitter and on Instagram, you can reach out to us there. Uh, I'll talk about my permanent band, unfortunately, on TikTok. I'm going to figure out a way to get back out there. That'll be a, uh, something we probably could talk about a little bit later down the road. Um, but yeah, so at Schmitty Stories, uh, you can also email us at um, Schmitty Stories at, or Schmitty Stories at gmail.com. And you can reach out to us if you have questions or comments or concerns or whatever it is, or something maybe you want us to talk about. Um, yeah, so those are things to kind of keep in mind um, uh, as we kind of move along here is, is what we want to... Um, you know what we want to do and and what we're going to see and and if you have an idea for the show or you have questions that you want answered we'll try to have kind of a mailbag session and things like that um so yeah whatever we want to do there and and we'll have a lot of fun with it man and, and i'm i'm super excited to see kind of this new horizon here uh and i hope i hope you guys are as well and i hope george is as well i'm very excited for the new horizons that we're going okay. to explore I didn't, Sorry, know if I, didn't you, know you, I didn't know if you were throwing that back to I didn't, I didn't know if you teared up or not. I thought you were tearing up. I was like, oh, that's you a great know, speech, man. Good, good stuff. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I uh, I just think that that's a, a way to go. And I think that's something that um, we're going to try to do. And we're going to do stupid stuff. Um, uh, we're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to have fun. That's what it is. The new Schmitty story, or not new Schmitty stories, the new Talking Schmidt. New Schmitty stories will come out in October. Up, oh, hey, uh, but yeah, so new Talking Schmidt. We're gonna try to do stuff each week and just try to give you guys something new. So if you have anything, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can DM us as well on uh, Twitter, on Instagram at Schmitty Stories, or you can send us an email if you want um, at Schmitty Stories at or Schmitty Stories at gmail.com. It's all one word: S C H M I D T. DT stories at gmail.com or at Schmitty stories on Instagram and um, Twitter. Give us a follow, give us a like, uh, give us some, uh, some five-star ratings over here as well. So uh, other than that, uh, I'm going to say farewell for George and I, we're going to hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more and no more, but except for next week, because we need you to come back and listen to us again next week. Other than that, hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Hope you guys enjoy the NFL draft. Um, tell us if we are uh, obviously doing, if we picked well, or if you guys were like, oh, these guys don't know what they're doing. You can let us know that as well. We always appreciate that. Um, 
If it's funny, I'll probably read it uh, during a broadcast or on air. So keep that in mind as we go through it. Uh, other than that, guys, have a great week. Um, go out and, and try to be friendly to people. Smile at some people. Uh, spread some love, man. That's what we want to do in this world. That's what we're trying to do with Talking Schmidt as well. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope that you guys join us again next week.